You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Sleepy Hollow After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sleepy Hollow After Show. Oh, yeah. Ow! Oh. Hey, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing a Sleepy Hollow after show. This is episode 101, the pilot, the very first episode. Oh, yeah, let's just let that breathe for a sec. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, the very first episode of the show. I am Matt Lieberman, and joining me is the fantastic and talented Miss Jackie Borowski. Hey! And joining us on the panel and in the booth is the super funny, hilarious Mr. Stephen Lemieux. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Enjoying the show. Yeah. Um, so, such a fun pilot. We got so excited when we watched it, and apparently a lot of other people did, too, because over 10 million people tuned in to watch it live Monday night. Uh, so we're excited to be doing this after show, and we're going to be doing it all season long. So much to talk about. So many cool things. we got a kick-ass Terminator horseman. we got yes. creepy covens and supernatural badness. we got the end of the world coming. We have a potential budding romance. And between, we have Johnny Cho. And we have, we have John, John Cho, Cho well, for we, one episode. One second. Yeah. Yeah. We had him for one episode, but we get Orlando Jones all season long, maybe, unless he, he dies too. And we also we got Clancy Brown for an all-too-brief quarter of an episode. I love him, you know, Highlander, and of course, the he's the only Lex Luthor in my book. He did the Aww. animated Lex Luthor voice, and he's just the baddest. He's great. Uh, I'm so sad to see him go. But, like, just what a cool show. Like, it, it's so fun and just the opposite of boring. They threw everything that they could at this pilot, and it still stood up on two feet and had a axe that was charred at it over 500 degrees. Yeah. I like this show for the same reason I like uh, uh, the Once Upon a Time series, the Grimm series. Almost, I mean, nothing can ever touch Buffy, but... Buffy, the same kind of thing where you have like a supernatural element, but you know you can't take it too seriously. Yeah. You just, you have to have a good time with it, and they had a good time with it. Yeah, I, I get this like great Buffy feel for it, or like, you know, fringe early in its run, where uh, they're introducing a lot of really cool ideas, they are going to just take them as seriously as need be to like make some people happy or to make it all kind of make sense but ultimately we're just here to be entertained right it, yeah go ahead steve it really hit me like a um tales from the crypt yeah. i really like the the kind of comedy it has and the kind it doesn't take it too self seriously too seriously but the cinematography is amazing and mm -hmm. it just looks really really good yeah or supernatural even just like when you lose like the punk rock me metal angle of it mm -hmm. and just make it a little bit more classical and kind of like it has that it's the Kurtzman orky effect where it's just very very kind of just 
pop culture, popcorn fun. Yes, it's very pop culture-y, which I compared this to Hocus Pocus. And since I am <clears throat> a little bit older than the gentleman in this room, Lies. They, they were like, what is that? No. Watch Hocus Pocus. Steven was like, what is that? I know what Hocus Pocus is. Okay? Yeah, just throw me under the bus, Matt. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> I will, because I know what Hocus Pocus is. Okay, Sarah Jessica <laughs> Parker was the was the hot one yeah. of the three witches. <laughs> she was the hot And Bette Midler was chief witch. She, she was chief witch. Yeah. It had witches. It had, like, people coming back from the dead. Yes. It had a... Uh, a cat that lived a really long time. Mm-hmm. You, it's very, very similar. But I think, it, whereas um, other like Buffy had a very pop culture savvy, yeah. this does too. They have the Starbucks joke in there. Yeah, it's it's very light and fun. It's tongue in cheek is the mm-hmm. word is the is the term that I would use. Uh, and we open in seventeen eighty one. In a battle in the Re- Revolutionary War, Ichabod Crane, you know, he's in the thick of it. He's killing dudes. And then all of a sudden, like, creepy horseman rides up. He's got his broad axe. He's got this weird mask over his bald head and kind of, like, dull, glowing eyes. And uh, they get into it. And their bloodlines mix. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he wakes up in modern day. He wakes up in a cave surrounded by uh, animals and glass jars. And as he wakes up, the glass jars shatter and the animals are still alive, which is crazy. Yes. And we never see them again. Which, like, <laughs> which, like in, the, in, the, in the grand scheme of the world, enchanted frogs and snakes rejoin the environment, bad stuff's gonna happen. Yes. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. No. Because, like... Binks the, the cat joined the world when he had lived there for a bazillion years in Hocus Pocus. You, you're gonna <laughs> keep pushing the Hocus Pocus connection, but I'm like, it's not like Hocus Pocus. It's not like Hocus Pocus because it's dark. The end of the world <laughs> is coming. There's... The, the, the Headless Horseman threw away his axe and picked up an AK-47... And a Where shotgun. Did he get those? He got them at John Cho's apartment. <laughs> because he got- John Cho just hangs out with those. Well, yeah. Okay. First of all, he's a cop who might also be a gun nut. Okay. And he's a member of Evil Coven. <laughs> he was. He was a member of Evil Coven, and all members of Evil Coven probably have AK 47s because they're trying to bring down the entire planet. Okay. This is, <laughs> this is the logic of this show, and we have to get on board with it right away. In the logic of this show, there are two covens. One is Good Coven, which is helped by Katarina the Ghost. Yes. And the other is Evil Coven, and they're everywhere. And can we just say right now... All right, so the pilot wants us to believe that Orlando Jones is a member of the Evil Coven because he stands in her way and he keeps insist... He stands in Abby's way and he keeps insisting that she take Ichabod uh, to the insane asylum when I he hasn't he been charged with anything. grumpy boss. I I thought that it was him, that he was definitely a member of the Evil Coven because like it lingered on his face when she was looking through uh, Corbin's notes and getting his tape recorder. To me, it just felt he just felt so suspicious that I'm like either he is definitely a member of Evil Coven or it's like a big fake out and he's going to be the first person that we think is a member, but then ultimately becomes their ally. I think I, f- I think it's the latter because it's so obvious that they're yeah. trying to they're trying to shoot. Oh, he knows about it. But I'm thinking about the agent. She's she's so connected to this without really having a huge connection, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I really think she's a lot more con- connected than we think. And she's going to play a huge role, and perhaps Orlando Jones's character is someone who's watching over her because she knows that she's a, an important role oh, later on. 
Because why else would there be... I mean, she, her and her sister were both afflicted by this vision of the four white trees. Yeah. And she's and the, the one faceless beast. She's the one who stayed sane, so she's the one who has to complete the mission or something like that. But she's got to play a larger role. But then, it's fate. They like to play destinies in this show a lot. Right. But then wouldn't that be Corbin? Because Corbin was watching out for her for years uh, before he got killed by the horseman. But Corbin doesn't seem like somebody who's part of this. He seems like an outsider. Who discovered it. Who discovered it. But I think Orlando Jones might be part of the good coven. But they must be a lot more um secretive if that makes sense sure I, I mean the only one we've seen is the priest and he didn't last very long no <laughs> no he did not no but um, well I, he lasted very long he lived 250 years yeah. or 232 years roughly uh past the revolutionary war because it was the same guy yeah it's the same well, yeah priest, but i mean but he, he didn't, didn't last, last very, very long, long in the, the series okay fair <laughs> <laughs> but i i actually take a completely opposite view i feel like Orlando Jones, and this is coming from, I'm a huge Grimm fan. I love Grimm. And Grimm has, Grimm does what Buffy does, which is you set these people who are very supernatural with these people who are very normal. And they're, in, they're all intermingled. And I feel like, um, Orlando Jones's character is, uh, like, uh, the cop friend in Grimm where he's the normal guy who's just trying to do his job and all this weird crap is happening. And he's like, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. Why are you breaking into this office? Like, do your job. Yeah. And I I felt like, for for me, that it wasn't necessarily like he was part of Good Coven or Bad Coven. He just represented the audience voice or the normal, rational, sane voice that is like, what is going on here? Like, you figure it out and you do your cop to- yeah. Top job. But here's the thing, right? What? Wh- okay. Sorry. This is just one thing that didn't make any sense. So she is a sheriff's deputy. She works for the sheriff's department. So why is there a captain like it's the police? Because uh, Corbin was the sheriff. Corbin was the sheriff. She's the sheriff's deputy. So why is there also like a police department structure? Because there's no, there's no sheriff you know captain. How Sleepy Hollow's police force works why would they have a sheriff's department and a police department that doesn't make any sense it's only a, a safe town it's a town of one hundred and forty-four thousand people i understand yeah, it, it in los angeles it's not a town of 139,999 people well now it's like 94 but you mean 143,999 people i don't know these numbers and things 143,000 yeah okay 999 because ichabod's a new member of the town and they lost two people there you go there we go Okay. So it was safe until he woke up. So now that that's settled. (laughs) Now that we did math, we can do exposition. Yes. Um, I want to talk about Tom Meissen as Ichabod Crane. Amazing. He is awesome. And so is Nicole Bahari as Abby. They have great chemistry. Mm -hmm. I love them together. I'm totally shipping them from the first episode. Immediately. Now, I know, like... His wife is still alive beyond the grave, kind of, right? So he can't, like, romance Abby immediately. And, and he won't, because he'll want his wife back. But eventually, he's gonna... I mean, it's gonna happen. Yeah. They're, they're too good together. Yeah. They and have such so great chemistry. Funny. He's so funny. She's so funny. Like, they're they're awesome together. And, like, that, that bit that got teased for, like, next week's episode uh, about, like... It, 
you dropped your you dropped your gun. It was empty. You only fired it once. There's more shots in it. <laughs> like uh <laughs> this is the thing I also love about this show is that you have whereas most supernatural characters they they you know like the Harry Potter characters they exist some of them in the modern world yeah. whereas like they have an understanding of magical things and of modern things. Yeah. Well, he's a total fish out of water because he's come from you know, a completely from different... From the 1780s. Yeah, from the 1780s. So he, like, his bits with the window going up and down and and the Starbucks thing and playing with the flashlight, those, those are what I'm going to look forward to, his little, like, adjusting to yeah. what we take for granted as, like, modern convenience. It's what everyone loved about the movie Thor. Yes. yes. It's, it's an outsider right. coming to this world and interacting with everything that we're so used to. Yes. Like, what is this iPhone? Oh, Whoa. Yes. Like that kind of thing. And how I, he throws in Thor, how he just throws that cup on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I like, like this drink. Another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. The scene where he's getting the lie detector test mm-hmm. and he's like so wigged out. And then the guy's like, listen, it's a machine. It'll tell whether or not you're lying. You know, if if you do this, there's a better chance to it will actually let you go. Proceed. <laughs> you know. So I actually want to talk about that scene really quick. Let's do. So the lie detector test, I don't know if we got the name of the detective who administered the test, the bald guy. Um, bald guy. Yeah, bald guy. We'll call him bald guy. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. We'll yeah. call him detective bald guy. Detective, <laughs> yo, detective BG. All right. Um, I think that's going to lead to more things because the higher ups are get- – somebody's going to notice this test of some guy who – did this yeah like yes. somebody's gonna find out about it because if people are watching sleepy hollow if there's a big coven around this there's gonna be so many people who learn about the existence of crane that's true mm-hmm. well it's not just learning the existence of crane if there are people who are members of the bad coven they'll all know that the first horseman has been raised yes you yeah. know this is something they've been waiting for for generations for centuries um and uh they're gonna be all mobilized and that's kind of like one of my big questions for you guys, and, and we can really have this discussion, is how does this show work week to week? Because they can't fight the horsemen every week, can they? No. I think I think the the show did itself a service when it sets up this good coven, bad coven. Mm-hmm. And it basically, at the end of the episode, you say, he says that there's, the two of us are basically these, like, prophets. The witnesses. The witnesses, who are, they're kind of like prophets in the, in the Bible, and they have to deal with multiple supernatural things. So, they've set it up where it's not just about fighting the horsemen, but it's about all of the events in the apocalypse and we've added this other supernatural coven element so you're in the middle of some sort of basically witch gang war yeah there's also one uh, watch a witch gang war <laughs> there's also another layer too is that elizabeth crane is still alive uh, uh sorry Kat, uh, katrina katrina yeah katrina. Sorry. i always think it's elizabeth for some um <laughs> Everybody old and timey and female is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Uh, yes. um, when was she born? What, before 1900? Oh, you mean Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, she's still alive. and Well, in the ghosty realm. In ghost she's world. She's stuck in, like, limbo. She's yeah. stuck in limbo, but we don't know if she still has a body that's alive. And oh, I, she has a body. <laughs> we don't I, know where it is. I think if, I think if, if we're going to get a big reveal about Orlando Jones, it might be that Orlando Jones has her body. Well, I, that to in me, his cupboard. that is far fetched. Hey, 
Somebody's this is gotta, coming from Matt, who gives the craziest under the dome theory. I know, but like, but that to me, I'm just like, why on earth does he have Katrina's body? That's silly. Sorry. We do know that her body, though, isn't where it's supposed to be. No, it's not buried in her grave. I don't think that she has like a corporeal form anymore. Okay, I don't think that there's actually a real body that's left, but I do think she can get one back. I think that her body is somewhere. I think you that's think gonna... it's preserved after two hundred thirty. No, not years? preserved. But I think there's going to be an issue of where are her bones if mm. what's buried in her grave is the headless horseman's head. Right. Which, like, w- so when the horseman gets his head back, he's complete, and then he can raise the other horseman. Um, what? <laughs> well, I explained. Okay, so yeah, please explain. I, uh, Jackie did some research on the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And I did research on the, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow and on the Apocalypse. And there are four horsemen. There's Conquest, which is on the white horse. War, which is on the red horse. Famine, which is on the black horse. And Death. This is Death, and he's on the pale horse. Okay. And Death is supposed to be the last horseman to come. The first one is Conquest, that is basically announcing. That, like, the, um, some people interpret it as the Antichrist, the mm-hmm. person who announces that the apocalypse is coming. So, death is supposed to be the last horse. So, my question is, it would be cool if they also had these other horses out there somewhere. Okay. So, you're saying that the other horsemen may have already been raised, they yes. just haven't been all united yet. Yes. And we may be further along in the apocalypse than we possibly thought. Right. Because my, I mean, my thinking was, you have him first come uh, up in the 1700s, and then he gets, like, stuck and buried underground. Yeah. Well, it's like, what ha- why now and what has happened in between there? And I suppose that's what they're going to strive to answer is, why did the horseman come forth now? Why did this need to happen now? Like, what has been happening since then mm-hmm. that... Uh, that raised the That horsemen. raised the horsemen. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure we will find out. And I guess every what I want to know is how does the sheriff or police department classify Ichabod? Like, is he a consultant on crimes that may pertain to supernatural stuff? Um, or is Abby just working outside the law every week to help solve these cases? Where is he staying? I mean, is he staying in her place? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to get pretty personal pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's a lot that we don't know, and I think they're going to... Next episode is going to be a lot of kind of building the framework of the show, because they had a lot to unpack in this pilot. Right. A lot of pilot stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, God, I'm going to miss Clancy Brown. He is so good, and I, I would love to have him on the show, but I guess we're going to have him every week... As uh, as voiceover from the grave as they go through all of his old tapes yes. to find, uh, you know, cri- old crimes that need solving. I like that she's linked to this, too. And he basically tells her, we're, we're, in extri- we're like, linked together. Yeah, we're connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I want to talk about something real quick about mm-hmm. the storyline of the show. Do it. Um, so, basically... The headless horseman wants his head back so he can raise the other four horsemen of the apocalypse, of course. But then there is the demon. Which, the faceless beast. The mm-hmm. faceless beast, which was seen by her when she was younger. And the four white trees, with re- which probably represent the four graves of the horsemen, which are going to be raised or something like that. 
so the demon has to have a corporeal form of something. Yeah. Because that's what killed John Cho. Yeah. Well, of well, course. But I think I think it's got to be like somebody who can take on a human form because I think that would make sense. And the fact that the, the horseman was actually freed from the coffin at the bottom of the lake. Mm. So something – somebody or something has to have freed the horseman from the coffin at the bottom of the lake and then – were they ex- they probably weren't expecting Crane to be revived at the same time. Right. But I really think somebody's got to be a wolf in sheep's clothing at this point as to who and actually be the demon underneath that. I don't know yet. I think maybe the demon can possess people and okay, here's a thought. So when Abby and her sister stumble upon the four trees and the faceless beast when they were young, they black out. Mm-hmm. And then they wake up somewhere else, right? <gasps> so while they were under the influence of the faceless beast, they might have been the first people ever to stumble upon it or to stumble upon it in years. And any time that people stumble upon it and get close enough that the beast can latch onto them, what if it had the sisters dig up the horsemen from under the lake? Maybe. Uh, well, Ichabod would have been uh, revived at that point oh, when they were yeah. younger. Right. But what if they did something else? Yeah. Because, I mean, there's so many strings of disappearances, of murders and things like that. So if the demon has been... What if the demon was using this to look for him? Yeah. He's been looking for him by possessing these people through when they discover these things. Because he was the demon's connected to the trees or something. Right. And now it's just he found them. Yeah. So my question is... Who was he possessing when he found the tr- when he found the headless horseman this time? We don't know. And but And where did where was the horse this whole time? Oh, the horse is just magic. The horse is not a real horse. The horse is it's a magic horse. You shine a light through the horse, horse doesn't exist. It just has red eyes. Yeah, you can't ride the horse. It's not a real horse. The horse flew in on a red eye. The horse is just an idea, man. You know, the horse is <laughs> He was sitting on that horse. The horse is just an idea, you know. It's like a concept more than anything else. I don't know. I don't have answers for you on the horse. That's that part I don't understand. But here's what I think. I think that the faceless beasts uh, strength grows with each horseman that has been raised. Ooh. So it only had a limited range while the horseman was still dead. When the horseman was raised, its range got increased to potentially the whole town. And if all four horsemen are raised, then it can reach the entire world. And then it'll be unstoppable. Uh, so, like, they laid such a great bit of track for the whole series in this episode when they're like, he's like, you know, there, it speaks of two witnesses who go through a seven year period of tribulations before, uh, the apocalypse, apocalypse and the war for the planet. I'm just saying, like, they're like, listen, this show is going to run seven years if you watch it. So keep watching it because by the end of year seven, we'll give you a payoff, but not until then, but we're letting you know now this is your time investment. And then will be the second coming of Jesus Christ Superstar. No. Edit. 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 Take that out. Edit. We're no. live to tape, Matt. I'm no, sorry. no. No Jesus. The Headless Horseman is going to have a multicolored or technicolor dream coat. Yes. I mean, that I'm in for. Or how about Joseph comes in and Joseph is a warrior for good and he fights people with his technicolor dream coat? 
I would watch that. If the Technicolor Dreamcoat was made of Technicolor blades. Yes. You know, it's like every strand, <laughs> like it's all like, like the fringes are all knives and he just spins in a circle slicing up bad guys. Uh, that, that I would watch. Uh, oh. Would the, you watch Donny Osmond playing it though? I mean, if he got like an acting coach and like learned how to be deadly and like super cool, then yeah. I mean, anyone can play any role with the right training. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it just, that just reminded me of a Venture Brothers character. It's Joseph and, and his amazing Technicolor nightmare coat. And he's a, he's a super villain. It's awesome. Uh, um, so George Washington. George Washington. Homely man, but wise. And into witchcraft. I just like how though, Ichabod, Ichabod's got to be some sort of very good and smart warrior, very intelligent person yeah. to have impressed George Washington enough. Well, he was he was a spy. He gave him a lot of important information on the Redcoats movements. Uh, he's somebody who was very progressive and uh, he proved himself on the battlefield. So why, why wouldn't he? And was George Washington a Mason? He, he probably was. I don't know. I don't know that for a fact, but it would not surprise me. Because this, I mean, this is, it starts to make more sense if you get into, like, he already knows the what's going on. Yeah, well, this is where we're going to get the national treasure element of this show, <laughs> where we're, we're going over that same fertile ground, which is fun ground yeah. to, to go over. It's uh -oh. more fun without Nick Cage. I'm very pleased that he's not here for this. Jackie Aww. Borowski, Nick Cage is here. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it real, kid. Yeah. Are you all right? She's oh, no. dying in here. You I'm gonna steal the Declaration me. of Independence. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> My dad's gonna help. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I love that movie. I do too. Movie, and, and this but... and this show would be a million times better with Nicolas Cage in it. Don't tell me you're glad he's not here. And a random side fact that has nothing to do with anything, but Nicolas Cage used to own a mansion in New Orleans, the one that Coven is based on. Oh, uh, for the. American, American Horror Story. Yeah, um, he used to own that, and that is like a real place where they like tortured people, and they're supposed to be all these crazy ghosts. Okay, so if you like crazy ghosts, you could watch American Horror Story Coven instead of watching the crazy covens on Sleepy Hollow, which are way better, honestly. I was just doing a six degrees of Nick Cage tie-in. That's fine. I think it was only two degrees. <laughs> it was not warm enough to be six degrees. It was, uh, it was lukewarm at best. So there's a hawk bird. Is that Katarina? I feel like that's yeah. her form. Yeah? You like think if that's this her? is Game of Thrones, she's a warg. Oh yeah, she's a warg and she's a skin changer. Yeah. Maybe. I don't think so. I think that was just her trying to reach him through where she's trapped and that's the limits of where her powers can put her. Yeah. yeah. So she I mean, can become a hawk bird? She made him immortal with without hawk being bird. trapped. So you got to think like what her powers are when she is trapped. Like, yeah. That's well, uh, what I'm more curious about is, like, all the stuff in Washington's Bible. Why Washington's Bible specifically? Are because there... he was a mason and he knew all these things. Yeah. He knew secrets. Yeah, and he had a highlighter back in the <laughs> in the 1780s. Um, he, he was probably friends with Ben Franklin, and Ben Franklin invented everything and therefore invented the highlighter. It's true. Well, he probably, he, what most people don't know, is that Ben Franklin invented the microwave in 1792. However, the materials were so expensive back then that it was not mass-produced until many years later. Is that that real? could have been the no, highlight. No, that's right? not real at all. 
That could have been the highlighter of his career. That's called oh, playing at the top of your intelligence. Oh, God. No, that did not happen. If that really, 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 really happened, okay, Then why didn't me. they reinvent the refrigerator first? Um, <sighs> because everyone preferred having an icebox. So back to Sleepy Hollow. Back to Sleepy Hollow. Look, guys, this horseman is a badass. He's basically the Terminator, but way better. Why? Because he's, mo- he's motivated by magic, not by machines. He has he- a magic axe that cauterizes wounds as, yes. it, as he... He's basically got a lightsaber them. that's shaped like a broad axe. Basically got a lightsaber how, shaped like a broad axe. How much more badass can you get? Uh, pull out a shotgun... And he's just blowing people away. He knows how to use a machine gun, even though he's never used one before. Dude, he's powered by Satan. He's powered by Satan magic. And the only thing that can stop him is daylight. So he's also a vampire. I do like that element, especially because uh, Sympathy for the Devil seems to be like the theme song here. And Mm -hmm. I am also a big fan of Interview with a Vampire. Mm -hmm. And that's like a, a... Well, I mean... Big song they play at the end of Interview with a Vampire. The legend of Sleepy Hollow was always that he couldn't... St- he couldn't trounce upon hallowed ground, mm-hmm. and that he could not be out during the daylight. But he it's did trounce during- upon hallowed ground. He was on a churchyard. He didn't enter, he couldn't the, church. enter the churchyard. Oh. He, sh- he killed him from across the way. Which, by the way, love that no horse crossing sign too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I I approve of that <laughs> sign. I approve of that sign. Um, one thing that I like about this horseman, right? He can't be reasoned with. He's just he's just a force of pure death. He's going off somewhere, and and where does he stay during the day? Where does what 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 is what happens to the horseman? Is he always? We like, saw him. We saw. Where is he, he is. always corporeal? Where is he? He's always under the lake in that coffin. Yeah, I feel oh. like he's like a vampire where he just goes and sleeps in his coffin. Well, they should go dig up the coffin so that he's outside. Well, then they'll find him, and then they can destroy his coffin, and then yeah. where is he going to go But they can't to? kill him, because John Cho told us you can't kill death. Exactly. And I guess. Well, and no, John but Cho light can. Death. But here's the thing, right? If you're on this show... I think show, it's just powerless in light. I don't think okay. it's that he dies. I think it's that he's not very useful. No, he got burned. Oh. He got burned by the light. He is a vampire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, like, you're on this show, and you're just sort of like, man, 22 episodes of Night Shoots. Like, they must have so many <laughs> all-night shoots. That's what they did shoots. on Buffy. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, they, they did. Well, they well, were in no, interiors. no traffic on the 405. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um. Okay, so John Cho gets killed. He gets his head knocked back. That was creepy. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. Super creepy. Yeah. Um. He will be missed. I'm wondering if there's some way to communicate with him from beyond the grave. Maybe if he goes to that world between worlds with Katrina. Katrina. It's it's spelled Katrina, but he says Katrina. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Ichabod. Oh, Ichabod. You're so funny and smooth. Which he also, um, Washington Irving, who wrote The Sleepy Hollow, also wrote uh, Rip Van Winkle, which is in the same, like, series of, like, stories when Mm -hmm. he put them out. Which this also made me think of Rip Van Winkle, because he wakes up in later time period yeah things have changed yeah imagine this from his perspective right this is like an oppressive future kind of police state with crazy weaponry Mm -hmm. and light sticks and payphones don't work yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's weird it's a weird place to be uh okay and women wear pants yeah women wear trousers that is effed up 
Oh yeah, actually, it's that great. Conversation it's in the jail. Awesome. That conversation yeah. in jail was, so funny. was really funny because yeah. because and it just showed uh, Nicole. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Bahari. Bahari. It showed her acting chops because he's saying this and she's keeping a straight face and she's like and he's like oh like he says something about being offended. Yeah, she's no. Like, he's like, you think that I approve of slavery? I'm offended. And then she's like, wait, hold the what? You're, You're offended? offended. And uh, that little interchange, I was like, those two, they've got a really good chemistry going on, mm-hmm. and she understands those simple beats and how to play them. Exactly. And I, I could watch the two of them, you know, argue over a phone book. I could know. watch them for 22 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, seven times twenty-two is, is what? That's uh, one hundred fourteen, one hundred forty, one hundred fifty-four. More math. Things math. One hundred fifty-four. I think it is one hundred. Okay. Welcome to the Sleepy Hollow Math Show. Yeah, where everyone does math. <laughs> no, I'm okay. totally wrong. I think. Yeah, probably. It's okay though. You're allowed. <laughs> we're not mathematicians here. We're not mathematicians. We're okay? math magicians. Yes, because we're in the good coven of math. Yes. Uh, so hopefully, let, let's, I think let's move on to predictions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Because I got a lot to predict. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Oh my God, the lights. Yeah. So next week, we're going to get a lot of the framework of the show established. And I'm hoping that we meet at least one good coven member who will be an ally to Ichabod and Abby yes. moving forward. You know, it's probably going to be a little while before we meet her sister, who, and that's probably going to have some kind of big reveal. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, whatever her sister remembers from that day is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to see what happened to the horsemen and kind of get a sense, like sort of like on Buffy where, you know, they'd go back to, to the lair and then they'd argue, you know, it'd be Spike and his, his lower vampires. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be bad coven people carrying out stuff for the horsemen. Yeah. Um, so I want to see a bit of that. I want to know what side Orlando Jones is on yes. so that we can know whether or not we like him or we like to hate him. I want to know now so that I don't have to be confused because no viewer wants to be confused about who they like and who they don't. It's true. Yes. Jackie, what do you think? Um, I I really hope that we're going to get more because the people in these covens have to have secret identities. Yes. So I'm hoping we'll get more information on that. Maybe more information on the priest and how he could live that long and then just be dead i feel like he's some sort of wizard well he is he is he's a warlock he was able to launch those chains out of nowhere he's able to summon chains so he's he's a warlock which means there are other spell casters hopefully out there which is gonna get cool and i wonder if abby has spell casting powers you're a wizard pastor (laughs) exactly (laughs) i do uh, this is random end note but i just remembered it i i love that uh orlando jones calls uh ichabod captain america yeah because it is it's the story of captain america he's like frozen then he comes Mm -hmm. back and he's like who yeah yeah super funny uh steve predictions um i'm gonna go ahead this this is totally gonna be outlandish and all that crud that's fine we like that. Yeah. Have you ever listened to one of our podcasts? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. Um, so let's look at, I'm, I'm looking at the two girls, uh, her and her sister, who were blacked out. And if we're thinking in the terms of they were possessed by something, I think the demon probably possessed the agent we're working with. She's a she's a deputy. deputy she's not an agent. The deputy, the, the agent of Ichabod is what I'm going to call her. Okay. Okay. And her sister was probably possessed by Katrina and remains possessed by Katrina. And that's why she's in an insane asylum, because... She's spouting nonsense because she's possessed by somebody from the past, just like Ichabod. Interesting. 
Or she just knows too much. Yeah. Maybe she remembers something horrible and it drove her insane. Either she remembers something horrible or people are keeping her in the insane asylum because she is possessed by something powerful. Okay. I'm just saying they're only... Oh! Because she's... Her powers are limited. Yeah. And if the demon was escaping at one time then maybe that was her only chance to try to escape into the other person who was there. And that's kind of how I feel Katrina might be inside of her sister's body. Okay. I also think it could be that she knows too much, so the evil coven has kept her in the uh, asylum system for years. Ah. To prevent her from spouting her truth to anybody. And they tried to send Ichabod there. So maybe Orlando Jones is a... Yeah. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Can I just say that annoyed me is when, like, they don't really have the authority to just say, hey, put that person in the asylum. I know. They have to stay there. Yeah. No, there was a lot. There were a lot of things glossed over. There wasn't really any use of procedure. He wasn't charged with anything, you know, like. Other than being weird. I mean, it's like he wasn't hurting anyone. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, He was just charged with, like, running shirt, sort of shirtless through town. Sort of. Not even really. Not yeah. even shirtless. He was just kind of running. Yeah. yeah. Wearing old-timey clothes. He caused a crash. All right. Uh, Jackie Borowski, where can the people find you? At 123Jackie underscore B on Twitter, and Jackie is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E, and at 123JackieB, all one word, on Instagram. All right. Steve Lemieux, where can the people find you? You can find me in the booth doing all these shows. And- woo uh, the finale of the series finale of Dexter this Sunday for the after show for that Sunday oh at God. 7 p.m. Pacific and on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux as well as hosting this is the only show I'm going to have now guys it's going to be great though because we're going to be with Matt Lieberman and Jackie B yeah hey. <laughs> alright hey. and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman that's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N you can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Breaking Bad Low Winter Sun Sons of Anarchy and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after shows uh, this show will be moving to Tuesday nights um, so be ready for that I'm not entirely sure on the time yet, but uh, we will tweet it out for you this week. Thank you so much for watching or listening, and we're excited to be with you all season long. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.